G'day and welcome to the Pursuit of Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Rosie Burrows, and I'm on a journey to find my freedom so that I can help you do exactly the same. Join me each week as I share the stories of everyday people who have found their own path to freedom. I'm not going to focus on job titles and accolades because I don't care about that stuff and neither should you. I want to uncover what truly makes you tick. Who are you when you step away from society's expectations and follow your heart? I still haven't figured it out yet. Have you? Either way, buckle up because it's going to be one hell of a ride. Hello and welcome to episode 26. I thought I might start telling you a bit more in these episode intros about what I'm up to just briefly. And I want to share a win with you because today I figured out how to charge my laptop off 12 volts just as fast as I can charge it using the 240 volt charger. I am fucking stoked. That might be gibberish to some of you, but damn, it is awesome. And I'm just stoked. Anyway, today's episode, I'm talking to Julie. Julie's a property investor and she breaks every single bloody stereotype I have ever held about property investors. Hopefully she'll challenge your views too and you'll learn why property investing is so important to her. It's probably not for the reasons that you think. This is also part one of a two-part episode, so make sure you tune in next week to hear the rest of it. But I'm going to stop talking and just listen to Julie. She's an awesome person. In fact, let me just say, you can probably hear the excitement in my voice in this intro, but throughout the interview as well, I met Julie through TikTok. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I did have a few issues with the editing of this. We had some major echo going on, but we persevered. I managed to get rid of most of it um, in post. But if it does sound a bit funny, that is why. Please forgive me. Other than that, um, this one won't be going up on YouTube because the video is totally out of sync with the audio, which is very frustrating. I pay for Riverside so that I can have high quality audio on my video. But anyway, that is a complaint for another day. I'm going to stop rambling. I need to turn my fan on because I'm sweating my ringer off in the, fa- in the van. There's no windows open because it's chucking it down with rain outside. All right, find somewhere comfortable, and here's the episode. Joining me today is Julie. She's a FIFO nurse turned full-time property investor. She runs an all-girl renovating company in Perth called Chicks That Renovate. She's all about turning ugly, run-down houses into beautiful places to live. And unlike a lot of investors out there, she actually cares about creating win-win situations or outcomes for everybody involved. And Julie, you've had to start from scratch twice over in this property investment journey to get to where you are today. And you believe that we can truly have it all. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. What an intro. Wow. Thank you. Awesome. I, yeah, you've got it. You 100% have summed up my life in the last couple of years. That's that's incredible. And that's exactly what's happened. So um, come from, you know, shitty relationships, difficult situations. Um, and I think I mentioned to you when we first started chatting that property out of all of the investment kind of journeys you can go on is the most forgiving and does allow you to start where you are, which is amazing. And I think as you as you go along your journey, you'll find that property, particularly um, renovations, which is what we kind of specialise in, is one of those tools that you don't have to be 
academically smart or have degrees or like if you've got a bit of get up and go and a bit of motivation, you can make it work. And that's that's what I love about it so much. So, but that, what a great intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> love it. <laughs> my pleasure. It's always hard to sort of sum it up, but I did my best. So I'm glad you like it. I want to hit you with a question though, that I think some listeners might be thinking, because yep. I know it's a misconception I've had in the past. They hear property investing and they go, that's not for me. I don't have money. I can't do that. So what do you yeah. say to that? I say that's bollocks. <laughs> Absolutely bollocks. <laughs> it is really. It's a story, right? You can make any story to you can like formulate a story to ex, to explain why you're at where you're at. And um and I did. I was one of those people. I'm like, I can't do that. I don't I don't qualify for a bank loan. I'm, you know, okay, my my personal situation when I started was like I was 40. I'm too old. This is crazy. Why would this be something that I could do? I'm a single mum. I don't have any assets. I don't have anything behind me. I've just walked out away from a shitty relationship with a six-year-old and I'm like, hmm, what do I do now? And I've always wanted to do property. So you can. You can say, oh, you know, it's all right for other people. Like they they can do that stuff. But, you know, realistically, I had this burning desire to go, I want to learn about this because, I knew that I had a little bit of money coming to me from property settlement from the divorce, which is not a huge amount of money for 20 years of a relationship. I think it was like 40 k To me, that was everything. I wanted to invest it and I wanted to learn. I think when you set an intention, the universe really does align. Um, I don't know if you're into that woo-woo stuff, but that definitely has been a huge part of my journey is that, okay, if you need to learn about something, the universe will provide a way. So I entered a competition to um, be mentored for 12 months by an amazing lady on the Sunshine Coast. And I won the competition, go figure. I was in Port Hedland in like remote WA and I had just entered it and gone, oh, yeah, whatever, and put it out of my head. And they called me and they said, can you be on the Sunshine Coast on the weekend? And I'm like, do you know where I live? And they're like, yeah, (laughs) just jump on a plane. It's all good. And I'm like, oh, my God. I had a business to run. I had a child, uh, every every excuse under the sun why I couldn't do it, and then I started telling people about it, and they're like, oh, you know, that's a scam. You want to be really careful about, like, that sounds really random, and I'm like, you know what, something inside of me was really curious, and I went, okay, I'm going to do it. So I made it happen, jumped on a plane, got to the sunshine, got, flew all night. I was, like, knackered when I got there, and then they put me in front of, I don't know, 700 crazy women. It was called, called Wildly Wealthy Women. And um, that was an event that changed my life. I, yeah, and nothing was the same. I, I like, had the best advice from a from an investor who does what she teaches, kicked my ass all the way for 12 months. And um, so that was an incredible moment. So no more stories about you don't qualify, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not, you know, you're too too old, blah, blah, blah. If there's a way of doing it, property definitely allows it. And that I guess that's why I am so passionate about particularly teaching women that you're never too old and there's never an excuse. If you want to do this stuff, there is always a way. I mean, there's a very long story, backstory to everything in someone's life, but all of that stuff happens for a reason, hey? Mm. What was the tipping point for you or what made you – start this property journey like did it just come out of the blue nah never comes out of the blue rosie (laughs) (laughs) trick question (laughs) 
you know what? I I firmly believe everyone, and I'm going to be a little bit vulgar and swear a little bit because I think it's real, but I think everyone has a fuck this moment situation where they go, mm. I can keep going, doing what I'm doing, or I could change this. And I had that fuck me moment when I realised I was sole carer for my daughter. I had absolutely nothing to lose. I'm like, if I don't change my future, this is going to be me for the next 50 years. This is bullshit. I don't want to do this anymore. This is crazy. I want to learn about property because I know it can change my life. And I think no matter what your situation, if you decide the status quo has to change, then then you'll, you'll move heaven and earth. And I think, like I said, the universe definitely delivers. And when you decide that you're going, yep, they'll, I'll find a way to make this happen, that's exactly what will happen. Because I don't, th- I think if you don't have enough pain, or you're wanting something to change, nothing will change. You'll just sit there and continue. And I, I know, <laughs> if I hadn't ever left my relationship, I'd still be married today. Like he will never change. But I'm like, no, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to be your punching bag anymore. I don't want any of this shit anymore. So you decide, and that, and that, until you do that, nothing will change. And I think that's important. It's an important point. Mm, it really is and I know in my life I find it's the moments when I hit rock bottom that help me put in perspective what is most important to me. 100%, 100%, yep. And I wish it didn't take hitting that low point <laughs> to realise You're human, that. Rosie. I think we're all human, yeah. hey. Like I think yeah. um, I, I have people all the time say to me, the reason that they um, are so engaged with the things that I talk about and the things that I teach is that because you're real. That's what attracted me to you was that I love your stories. You're just a real chick doing something that you love. And I think when you're like that, you know, there's plenty of renovators in my space that um, are on television and they're very glamorous and they have all the nails and the blonde hair and all of that. And I'm like, that's never going to be me. Um, so I'll stand out there in my daggy Renault clothes and I'll tell people how it really is. and. I actually think that is more engaging than someone who's very polished and has everything perfect. Yet the products that we bring to market look fucking epic, right? But then I tell people all the bullshit that's gone on between when we put the house and then all of the drama and, you know, and like a keep it real is what people love. They don't want to hear. I mean, it's lovely looking at before and after photos. It's awesome. But it's boring after a while. They want to actually hear the real stuff. And, like, I'm quite happy to tell tell really honestly okay this looks like a absolute dream but it was a shit show for a, a couple of months there you know <laughs> so definitely <laughs> yeah i've been i've been following you on facebook and your posts are just it's great you keep it so real yeah. like you do have the before and afters but i think it was i could get this wrong i think one of the workers fell in the pool or something with fertilizer or soil or something and it just turned into a big muck and took weeks to sort out, you know, and I read that and I thought, oh, poor guy. Julie's human too. Like, when, when I got the call, I'm like, I just fell off the chair laughing first off and then, um, <laughs> then I like, I'm like, oh, God, is he okay? Is he all right? Yes, he's fine. I said, did yeah. his phone get drowned? He said, no, I actually had it on the side. It was all good. <laughs> oh, wow. But I'm like, this is the shit that happens and this is stuff that – and. You can't just sugarcoat and say, you know, everything's wonderful and, yeah, look at me, look what I've done, I've made all this money and blah, blah, blah. People don't want to hear that. They want to know the real story and the challenges that come with renovating because it's not easy. It, it is you always get left field, you know, curveballs and stuff like that and it's just how you deal with them and I think that's what makes it 
entertaining and engaging for people. So how do you deal with these curveballs? Because when you first started investing, oh, sorry, renovating these investment properties, I'm guessing, you know, it's all pretty yeah. new you're learning. When shit went wrong, how did you cope with that? And how have you learned over the years to just... <laughs> That's not, a great question. Not freak out. <laughs> not to freak and, out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quit. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was, on a, I was on a call with one of my uh, classes yesterday, last night, and I got this question. Um, a lady's just started a reno, right? so she did... Um, the 12 week mastermind and she had has a project like she's a real kick ass like she's out there doing shit and she goes oh and my first my first issue and I went oh yeah just get used to that like it's just one issue after another and she's like I'm freaking out I'm going holy shit I've blown the budget on the first window and I'm like yeah I said to her I think it's really important to have a network of people that you can just go there Obviously, women that invest are really good at networking. Having a network around you is definitely one way of coping with it. Getting great advice, having a mentor, they're things that are really important. And I think um, even if you don't have those things, having the ability to talk to someone and go, what do I do here? What um, What is some really good advice? And, like, people think that renovating's um incredibly techy and stuff like that and and no, nah, we, we learn a lot of stuff from doing YouTube. YouTube's uh, how do I do this? And taught myself to do a lot of stuff on a lot of trades. Well, actually, if you say, look, I'm a newbie, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> I'll quite happily show you. And they think it's quite entertaining watching mm. you do stuff. But when you when <laughs> when you show that you're actually pretty gutsy and have a go there, there's a huge amount of respect after a while. But often they're very condescending, and you're like, oh. uh, you can pick up a lot of stuff doing it that way. So, I think part of how you deal with things like that is really about having a great network, having a good relationship with people around you, having the ability to just um, get it out, and then what do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Exactly. Are you having major freakouts about things that uh, there's always a solution? You just have to think of what that solution might be. So I think a, a pretty good analogy for renovations is a problem solver. There's always a problem to solve. And when it comes down to problems becoming big issues with money, then you definitely need to figure out a way to solve it without costing yourself a fortune. So you become very good at thinking laterally. You're thinking about, okay, I can't do it this way. How, can, how else can I get around it? And I think that's really important as well. So, yeah, you it's a huge learning curve, Rosie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, when you're first going, why did I even start? It's, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but when you see the finished product, you're like, oh, this makes it worth it. This is really worth it. What would you say to people like me who can be stubbornly independent and sometimes, not necessarily talking about myself, see asking for help as a weakness. What would you say to people like that? Don't be stubborn. I'm the, probably the most stubborn person out there as well and, and stupidly independent So and and have done stupid shit. And, and like my advice to you is get help, ask for help. That's the first thing. But also you can't. Sometimes you can't do everything yourself and sometimes it's false economy to do that. You know, if you've never picked up a paintbrush and then you decide, oh, I'm going to paint this reno, it's probably not going to end very well for you. <laughs> you've got to actually have a bit of a clue of what you're doing. <laughs> so um, the smart people will go, yes, I'm absolutely going to do this myself, but I'm going to actually get some help. I'm going to get some – a lot of the painting stores were more than happy to show you, teach you, 
give you really good advice or you can talk to people you know who do have done it before. Um, don't be afraid to ask lots of questions and ask for help. Um, and I think that's that's a huge part. Like you will learn so much. You'll make heaps of mistakes and you always do on the first one. But, yeah, it definitely is. Um, don't be stupidly stubborn is what I call it because it doesn't end well for you. I think there's so much help out there now and there's, especially with the online world, like you can you can jump on and find out about anything, or you can ask lots of questions on some of those forums. There's just so many, so much free advice out there. So yeah, definitely, definitely um, something to consider. You can't know everything. <laughs> yeah, damn it. <laughs> You're funny. But I think that's really cool that you actually do some of the work yourself. So tell me a bit more about. How how does this work? Like you, you're clearly in there. You've you know I've seen some of your your posts and your footage. Like you're in your Renault clothes. You yep. guys are doing stuff. So how does well, this work? When you're first starting out, that's actually a really good place to start. So if you can do some of the work yourself, especially the less attractive parts, then it is um, worthwhile to manage your budget. It's a great way to learn as well. I think our challenge has been doing too much of the work um, because it then. You can't scale your business if you're in it, and that was a bit of a realisation for us about 12 months ago. I I have a property mentor that I work with, and she's like, <laughs> I love her. She's balls to the wall real. She's like, when are you going to stop doing the work? Because I see you doing, growing an incredible business, but you're in there painting. You're in there doing what? Why are you doing that? And I'm like, yeah, because I love it. And she's like, yeah, but how can you <laughs> grow your business and help more people, which is a really valid point. So no, it definitely is a great place to start, but I think we're at a stage now where, you know, we're scaling and we're doing sort of four or five projects at one time. You can't be doing all of that, and that's that's the reality. So we um, just this week actually um, started outsourcing something that we used to do. We do leaflet drops so we can talk to homeowners direct. Um, that we've outsourced that and it's a big step for us because I never wanted to do that but I don't have time to do it anymore so you know <laughs> I'm just thinking oh well we'll see how that goes you know if you're embarking on your first renovation doing some of the work is actually really quite a good idea it's just about how far you want to go there and um, if, if you start sort of delving into jobs that you're not familiar with that is again false economy so I would be hesitant that's what I teach people like Definitely be involved, but don't do things that you don't understand or don't like. Electrical and plumbing, for example, not something you should be dabbling with, really. No, yeah. And whilst I haven't renovated a property, converting my van myself, I wanted to do it myself because I'm stubborn and I thought it would be cheaper. Plus, I wanted to learn. But I made a lot of very expensive mistakes because (laughs) I was stubborn and insisted on doing it myself. So, I absolutely. imagine it's similar in the property it, world. There yeah. is absolutely what you're saying. Um, and you learn. Like you, if you were to do that again, would you do the same thing? You would probably outsource uh, it. <laughs> Much easier, uh, right? Pay <laughs> <laughs> the money. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it's called rework. So if you do it and you do it badly, then um, not only are you going to cost yourself time, which is absolutely a val- valuable commodity in my world, but you also, it's false economy. If you've got it done by uh, someone who does it all day, every day, they'll do it quickly, quickly, and cost you less money in the long run. But it's just a learning curve. You don't know everything when you start, and you would have learnt a heap from actually having embarking on that on your own. And 
so it's always a valuable lesson. There's always a lesson in everything you do, I guess. So, yeah. I guess what I teach people to do is um, turn this into a business and and then then the game changes because you're right, you can't grow a business if you're actually doing all the work and not allowing con- like allowing your team to take over. And um, I'm very similar to you. I'm stubborn. I'm independent. It's my baby. I don't want anyone else to have a go- like be doing this. It's my reputation. You have to lose all that shit and just go, these guys are good at what they do. I have to allow them to actually do what they're and it's been a bit of hard, hard one to to let go of. Got to be honest, <laughs> but you can't grow until you do that. So it's all a learning for me. I still learn every every day. And what I love is something you mentioned before is that you've realised that in order to be able to help more people, you need to be outsourcing. And I feel like that's not something a lot Correct. of investors would yeah. say. So why do you care so much about helping people in the community? Uh, that's a really good question. I think someone asked me this the other day, like, why do I care about um, making – so property investors probably have a bad reputation in some ways. Like they, they, they can be seen as only in it for the money. And, and I have a couple of investors and renovators in my area who I have zero respect for because that's exactly what they are. They're all about, look at me. Look at me. They do things like when they finished a project, they will list all the financials for that project and like how much money they made. And 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 I think that's absolutely tacky because they forget. And I'm very mindful that people now in, in my community are often the people that I've helped. And would I want all of my financials flashed in social media? No, I don't. So I don't ever share stuff like that. I think it's awful. It's an awful way of doing things. We actually I know the the whole win-win thing has been bandied around for many years and it's probably got a bit of a wanky sound to it now, but it really is how we run our business. And for those people who know me and those people who follow me, they'll know that integrity and honesty is uh, a big part of our business, but it is about helping people. And we managed to do, I guess I call it win-win-win because not only do we help the seller, we help the agent um, so the agent makes money we make money and the person makes money and gets out of the dreadful situation they're often in. So most of our deals, all of them have a bloody story behind them. It's incredible. And I guess that's what sets us apart and I'm really, really happy that that's happened. And like you are correct when you say, how can you reach more people? You have to grow your influence and grow your social media presence because if people don't know about you, how are you ever going to reach them? So, yeah, that's a massive part of it. And and the other part of how I help people, I think, is I've just recently started teaching people to do what I do, simple. So the reason I'm passionate about it is because I want to, I don't want other people to go through the, the trauma and shit that I went through. I, I think if I teach people there's a better way, then I'm helping massively not by I think by by making the education and the information available so important because it can change your life and and I'm walking living breathing proof of that. So it's it's really important to me. And the other the other really important reason is that I've been through that financial drama of a, a near bankruptcy and and a financial ruination kind of as due to bad relationship decisions. And so again, like when you've been through it. Personally, what do you want to do? You want you don't want other people to go through that shit. So yeah, it's it's very meaningful to me. And I think mm. 
we're about to start sharing some exceptionally personal a personal story from my perspective and then direct relationship to helping someone else in that situation and saving them from having to go through an awful predicament. So when it's personally important to someone, I think it makes a huge difference and that's why I'm passionate about it. So, yeah, it's um, very powerful stuff, Rosie. Like, you know, it does have the ability to change someone's outlook and their situation, their financial situation, just gives that like empowerment and I think the biggest thing is it gives people hope because when you're in that in the, when you're in the middle of that shit show mm. you would do anything to have some hope and that's important for the first time we chatted you shared a story with me of the many renovations you've done but there was one and if you wouldn't mind sharing it I think you mentioned that you know they were defaulting on their loan mm. and re- in a really bad situation because I know for me I was like well how do you create a win-win-win mm. situation in investment I wasn't getting it but you actually helped save their credit rating and they also got a bit of money out yeah. of it so can you give us a bit of an overview of of that so we get an idea yeah that's definitely that's that's one that's um under contract at the moment it's in Falcon which is south of Perth and um, we literally, we did a letterbox drop. Um, the lady in question wasn't living in Mandra. We didn't do letterbox drops down there, but she was staying with her new partner and we delivered a letter to his address. She got it. She was getting foreclosed on that afternoon, 4 o'clock that afternoon. The ANZ Bank were like, we're done with this shit. You haven't come to the party. You, you're so far behind, it's not funny. She had been left in an awful predicament by an ex abusive ex-partner who'd done some um, illegal renovations to the house that looked like an absolute disaster. She had tried to sell the house for her, uh, by herself for six months, um, no offers because it looked dreadful. She had no money to renovate it. She was in that horrible catch-22, like, what do I do? I'm screwed either way at the moment. Um, and literally I didn't realise, she didn't share that with me until we were right at the end of the renovation. She said, I don't know. I think you guys are my guardian angels because I was literally on borrowed time, like four o'clock. They said, that's it, we're done. Anyway, she rang David, my business partner in Melbourne, who answers all of our calls live, and then um, he called me and I went and saw her straight away and we um, we did a – we said to her, look, we don't know if we can help you. If it's down this far, the down the sort of bank route, it can be difficult to actually intervene and um, – it was by no means an easy deal. Um, the house was a mess, like a really bad, um, hadn't been maintained for a long time. And as I said, he'd done some illegal stuff and you're like, oh, where do we go with this? But and we wanted to help her because she genuinely was in a shit of, shit of a situation. It took five months. We started that process in January this year and we um, we had to go so with all the privacy laws, you can't intervene on someone's behalf. So we we kind of we said to her, Fiona, if you want some help, you're going to have to play your part here. Like you're going to have to go into the bank and it's going to be hard. And she's like, i got nothing to lose. I'm going to do this. I, you guys are here to help me. I'm going to play my part. And she so she went in and I think to her credit, she um she absolutely laid it on thick. She went in, had hysterical screaming matches, and, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh God, get this woman out!" <laughs> uh, 
because of the Banking Royal Commission, the banks don't want to be seen as a bad guy. And they're like, oh, shit. So that's has worked in her favour. Mm. And then she said, I have an opportunity to be able to actually get myself out of the shit here. What I need you guys to do is give me some time. And they went, what are you talking about? And so we, she explained that we had a an option contract on that we could definitely help her with the reno. We could come in, renovate the house, but we needed time. And if, if they would agree to stave off any more action, then they would get their full money back. And that put their ears up and they're like, oh, okay. So it went through the entire banking uh, legal department in AZ, and that's what took so long. And, of course, it's, it would have been very traumatic for her. But she played her part. She kept at it. They agreed in the end to an option contract, which has never happened. This is unheard of, right? Five months they gave, 150 days they would stop any legal action. She managed to talk to all her other debtors and they agreed to to stave off any legal action, give her time. Uh, they paid for the legal um, agreement to be written up, which is, again, amazing. And um, so we went in, renovated the house, found a whole heap of problems we didn't know about, blew the renovation costs out of the water, but that's what happens sometimes. Made it look amazing. It's, it went onto the market. It sat there for a bit. Then the right family came along. They loved it. It's under contract now. And it settles on the 29th of November. And once it settles, she gets to walk away with, like, I think, 40 grand she'll make out of it. Um, she will have enough money to go and do what she needs to do, clear all her debts and not end up in a bankruptcy, which is what would have happened. The bank will get their money um, and we've made it not a huge profit but not bad either for, for the amount of work that's gone into it. So that situation, like if we hadn't have intervened, it wouldn't have been great. Like she would have just been wiped out basically. They would have just said, oh, well, you changed, changed her life. life. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And she agreed to do a bit of an interview. I made a video of that because I thought this is powerful stuff because how many other people are in this situation that we don't know about that don't know there's another way to do this and get get themselves out of the financial mess they're in? And through no fault of hers, he, the guy left her with a whole heap of debt that she had to try and figure out. Her, probably her only bad decision was hooking up with him in the first place, really. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, and it was it was a stressful deal, but in some ways I think having been through that myself, like I felt real empathy for her and if, if there's a way I can help, then this is definitely it. And she, like we work, all work together. Um, David is a huge part of our business as well. I mean, I'm not in the same state, but he's a hugely empathetic man as well and, I, you know, we're both like, how can we help her? And I think when you have that intent and when you have that integrity, then it, it works. So in this case, we were able to help her. So, yeah, I really want to explore that as a – that's a niche all on its own. I don't think there's anyone else doing that. I've never heard of it. And it says so much about your character because it would have been easier to just walk away from that. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. Um, that would have been the easy way out, right? <laughs> it's yeah. a beautiful house. It's got – it's one of those really – Character homes that's got, I don't know, it has, it's over three levels. It, it, it was um, completely eaten away by rats inside. It was, yeah, we didn't know any of that when we took it on. We're like, oh, God, what have we done? <laughs> we figured it out, you know, and, and it turned out good. And some new family is going to love this house. I actually think in some ways she will be our biggest advocate as well. Like she said to me, if you want me to come in and start talking to banks and let them know the process from my perspective, I'll definitely do it and 
go on podcasts or whatever you want me to do, I'm happy to do it. I'm like, yeah, cool. That would probably be very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Like I'm still taking it in. Like that really is life-changing. She's gone from, you know, what sounds like absolute rock bottom and she's just on the verge of having $40,000 and she's going to wipe out her debt and can start afresh. And I think she's actually talking about – you know, the ex-partner still causing her some grief. And I said to her, well, you know, stand on your own two feet and, and like if he left you with all this debt and there's probably things that you can do in a civil court to to remedy that, like, you know, if he's going to be an idiot, then you, you can definitely do some things as well. So I think she's stronger now, like emotionally, that she knows that people have actually taken her, taken her on as a, as a something that we can do to help her, you know. And I think that's important. So, yeah, that, and, like, there's so many people in that situation. With all the interest rate rises, there's a lot of people struggling out there. And I think a lot of people don't talk about it because they're too embarrassed and ashamed. You know, like, no one wants to tell you that they've, they're in this horrible no land of um, pain. So that's why I think doing leaflet drops where you actually, you know, you're not an agent, you're not a... Um, someone is going to judge and when when I go into someone's home and I'm just talking to them there's no bullshit you know they can see that I'm a real person I'm not I'm not some scary investor from somewhere and I think that's um the you know that's I suppose why I want to grow my business so again you can reach more people you can help more people because there is a lot of people struggling out there and they don't want to tell you until you start asking the right questions and often they'll skip around it and it'll take a little while and I think my nursing background definitely comes into its own here where you can actually listen and find out what's really going on and then talk to people and women are really good at this shit Men are not so great because they've too much ego often, but women generally are very empathetic and can listen to what's really going on. You can hear, I can always feel, I go and intuitively know there's something going on here. They're not telling me. Yeah. Oh, what it is, but I'll find out. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If we go back to you being a nurse, because I think a lot of people, because you do this full time now. But a lot of people, I think, would be hesitant to leave a secure job. And I know for you, you know, you were nursing, you were earning great money, it was a safety net. I think you referred to it as the golden handcuffs, right, which I can relate to. But you were working 12-hour shifts, you were on call, and you were of the mindset, well, I have to keep doing this because otherwise I'm not going to be eligible for a bank loan. But tell me what happened that made you go, well, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) There's a bit of swearing in this, isn't there? But it's so true. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. You you must have taken great notes when we talk because yes, that exactly it is. Uh, I still got mates who do this. So yeah, you 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 know you earn a monster of money in the mining sector, um, but you absolutely earn every cent of that. Mm. Like so, yeah, twelve hour shifts, being on call after hours, an exceptionally busy, very unhealthy workforce. You know all of that, and. Um, I did that because I thought I had to for serviceability for banks, right? Because we, uh, my partner and I had a couple of properties and we wanted to continue doing these renovations and like build that up. And I realized uh, we, we actually put an offer in on a property locally. And I literally could not have earned any more money if I had tried. Like we were on 180K a year. Like that's a lot of money, okay, in anyone's language. And I'm like, 
how am I going to leave this? Um, that was one thought pattern. And then the bank just went, mm, no, we're not going to give you a loan. Don't have to give you a reason either. And I'm like, really? Like how much more money do I need to earn? This is crazy. But it's not just the money. You know what they also look at? I'm the wrong side of 50. What's your exit plan was what I was getting asked. And I'm like, what exit plan? Of course I've got an exit plan. I'm going to flip the bloody thing and sell it and make a mozza of money. They don't see that. They're not interested. They've got their criteria and they – and so I, I think that was another fuck me moment. I'm like, so I'm staying in a job that's killing me, being away from home, being away from everyone I love. For what? Is You know, this is rubbish. So I just said – and it took me a little while. It wasn't just an I'm instant I'm going to leave. I'm like I, I went job share, so I sort of cut down my hours. Mm. And then even then I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Not do this anymore. <laughs> this is too hard. I mean, I'm very grateful because it did help set me up financially. But in the end, you're like, you can't run a renovation from 2,000 kilometres away. It doesn't work, you know, and it's not fair to put ex- a pressure on other people to carry that for you. So I decided that, okay, what can go wrong? Um, I'm a nurse. I If I don't, if it doesn't work for me or something happens, then uh, I have a backup plan. And even then I decided, no, I'm not having a backup plan. I'm just going to do this shit. I'm going to make this work. And that's what it comes down to. Rosie, you can have backup plan B, C, D and down to Z if you want, but if you don't set the intention, you're always going to go to the backup plan. So at the end of the day I went, right, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do 100% all in. And I did. I got off my ass and actually made it happen. But it's bloody hard. Now, if anyone tells you that, oh, yeah, you know, just leave your job, it's fine. Bullshit. It's very hard and you do, you worry, you're like, I don't have any contingency here. I don't have emergency funds. I've got to make this work or or else I go back to work. And that's just, and I've got a couple of guys in my group right now who are in that situation and I, I get the frenzied calls and they're like, oh, I don't qualify for a bank loan. I'm like, no shit, sunshine, of course you don't. You don't have an income anymore. Remember, we talked about this. You have to understand. You are, you are on your own. You are doing it yourself. And it's scary, of course, but there's definitely a shit ton of things you can do. And I think that's, you know, you can look at all the scary stuff and make excuses and stories why you don't do it, or you can go, oh, I didn't think about it like that. And in, in my world, I've started coming across people who can do low-doc, no-doc loans, who can do set you up with money partners. Like there's so many options out there. It doesn't have to be your reality. And I think that's a game changer. And uh, when people start understanding, oh, so if I set my intention and this is what I want to do, there's definitely people out there that can definitely help you. It's just having the education, the network, the knowledge. So massive, yeah. So um, what did you say at the beginning? Oh, that's my reality that I'm too old or I'm, th- or I'm this or I'm that. Well, that's all bullshit because there is definitely ways you can do it and I think that's the um the game changer when people start understanding that they're like oh (laughs) I wanted this world 20 years ago why didn't anyone tell me (laughs) what who what an episode hey isn't Julie awesome Oh, I just, going back and editing this, I got excited all over again. It it was just such a good conversation. Please come back next week for part two. Julie gets into um, some of the different ways you can actually get into property, not using the bank. There are other ways. I just found it mind-blowing. It was awesome. 
But then we get even deeper. We talk about all sorts of things, not just business related, but life related. I know you're going to love it. I better stop talking and I'll see you next week. If this episode resonated with you at all, could I please ask that you share it with a friend who you think could get value from it? And whilst you're doing that, make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. And whilst you're following or subscribing, please leave us um, a rating, preferably five stars, and also a written review. Doing each of these things is going to help this podcast reach more people and impact more lives, which is at the end of the day is what we're here to do. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Remember, you matter, you're worth it, and you are so, so capable. Take care of yourself, and I'll see you next week.